Hey, this is Kelly Dixon coming at you with the Breaking Bad podcast for uh, episode 501. Uh, I just wanted to like mention um, before uh, before I run this podcast that when we recorded this, we didn't realize that um, our air conditioning uh, had not been shut down. So uh, there's a little bit of hum in the back of this podcast. Uh, I apologize. Um, and hopefully it won't discourage people too much. Again, uh, we're, we became aware of it way after we did it. Uh, so sorry about that, but I uh, hope you enjoy it anyway. Thanks. Hey, guess what? We're back. We're back for the podcast of uh, Breaking Bad Season 5, our final season. All excited. Are you guys excited? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, super excited. Super anyway, excited. Um, hey out there, everybody. Uh, Kelly Dixon, uh, Breaking Bad editor, we're back. We almost thought we wouldn't be back, so uh, not the show wouldn't be back, but the podcast might not have been back. Yeah. I thought you meant uh, you, personally. No. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. It was no. iffy there for a while. <laughs> we were, wow. We were, we were a little nervous that we might not be able to get this podcast on the air, but uh, we will. We are actually two weeks out from our premiere date uh, yes. at this point in time right now. But this is a, this is as late uh, this is as close to uh, an episode for doing a podcast as we've ever oh, done. Oh yeah, right? we've never been this close. Yeah. To Why don't do we do it? one live? Come on, guys, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep you know what I keep saying we ought to have a show like the the, the like Talking Dead. We yeah. ought to have a show like uh, Talking Bad. Yeah. You know, like uh, AMC has for the Walking Dead folks, right. which is a cool show. It'd be good if we had our own. That'd okay, everyone, write AMC tonight. You want that show on the air now? Yes. <laughs> Do it. It's the only um, way it'll happen. I guess we should introduce uh, uh, Kelly Dixon, editor, and I'm here with our show creator, Vince Gilligan. Hello. How you doing? Um, our uh, what are what's your title this year, Tom? Title? Are, I don't know. Are you a co co executive yes. producer? Co executive producer. Made that mistake somewhere in the paperwork. Tom Schnauz. Writer. He yeah. write, Tom is one of our writers. I hear the collective sigh of disappointment all no. over the podcast. Titles. Like, where's <laughs> Cranston? Where's Aaron Paul? No, you got me. Sorry, you fuckers. <laughs> Deal with it. Listen. <laughs> and our producer, Diane Mercer, who handles post-production. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Got to speak close. Got to speak in the Sorry. mic. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, actually, we're actually in, uh, we're crowded around my editing desk uh, since there's only four of us, and we wanted to make sure the sound was good for all of you out there. Um, so, we're, we're in a little tight quarters, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hang. We'll make do. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? I, I, I wanted, I asked. Tom, for you especially for this podcast because you did, huh? yes, I did. Actually. Can I call you Ace during this? That's uh, right, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Yay, Kelly and uh, Skip uh, McD Kelly Dixon and Skip McDonald are two crack editors. As I say that because they're usually on crack. No, uh, they <laughs> both. They both. Congratulations, seriously. That's congratulations. A, it's a huge honor, and I'm, we're very proud of it. Thank you. You, you Thank are you both. You are both now officially members of Ace or the. Uh, American Cinema Editors. American Cinema Editors, which is it is not a it is not a union. It is a it is a fraternal organization, essentially. Of I, I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's like a professional fraternity, I suppose. Yeah, it's I an guess. honor. It's an, a real honor. It's a huge honor. It's a huge honor. It's a huge honor. Congratulations. Yeah, you kind of have to be like voted in and all kinds of stuff, and so it's a huge honor. Um, and we also will thank you. 
for nah, that opportunity. Nah, nah. You, did you did it all. <laughs> you, you two deserve it, absolutely. And all joking aside, you guys deserve it completely. Sorry, and you know Skip. what? I got to say that um, that we would have loved – Skip cut this episode, 501, and we would have loved to have had Skip here. Yeah. But Skip is actually on a whirlwind trip to Europe right now yeah. for his wife's um, – I'm not sure which birthday, but it was a, a big really – A big birthday. Oh, very so nice. he is uh, he is in Italy, I think. And uh, I'm sure he would have loved to be here, but, yeah. you know, if I was him, I'd rather be in Europe myself. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be good. Uh, so let's talk uh, 501 here. Okay. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. First, I want to, you know, because I wanted to say that I, I asked for Tom Schnauz to be here because you, I know that we've mentioned this before, but you and Tom have a history that goes all the way back to NYU. Yes. And it's always great because to talk to you guys. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, and I know we've we've also talked about this before, but I remember reading an article, I think maybe a few months ago, and I can't remember the source but it said something to the effect of that you know it's the whole story about how you were on the phone with a friend and you were talking about how you were going to think about breaking bad and it turned out that it was you tom schnauz that he was talking to and this article said something like a couple days later vince called you back and says hey you remember that idea you mind if i run with that and so i wanted to uh yeah he he called me back about a conversation i had no memory of (laughs) like (laughs) you mind if i run with that i was like i all right i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah because we were talking about we weren't talking about a show no, or, no. or a story yeah, yeah. specifically. We were just I had a I had read a New York Times article about some a hole who was cooking meth in an apartment complex and the person living upstairs from him, a kid got sick from it and I was like, Can you believe this asshole doing this? Blah 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 and somehow we got talking about meth and I probably Vince made a joke about it. Yeah, we should you No, know. I think it was you though. I think you said I, the image of, of putting an RV, uh, meth lab in the back of an RV, I thought you said that. Maybe, because I, I also sort of remember talking about, this was at the time when Colin Powell was at the UN, and he was talking about Saddam Hussein's mobile chemical oh, the, labs. Right, right. Oh, and the that mobile, was in the conversation, yeah. too. So oh, it all kind of blended yeah, together. That's right. The mobile, t- the thing they were always <laughs> looking for, they never found. Right, the they were, yeah, they were either on trains or moving them around, tra- yeah. moving all the, you know, the... the the weapons, of mass dis- yeah, yeah, the weapons. weapons of mass destruction around. <laughs> yeah, 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 Somehow yeah. that got blended in the conversation, and we talked about, oh, we, you know, since we were both weren't working at the time, we were th- talking about driving around cooking meth <laughs> and had like, had like an ice cream truck kind of thing, probably. That's and right. then like, a few days later, Vince calls me up and says, Remember what we were talking about? You know, I, I want to run with that. I'm like, <laughs> All right. I was like, Because I never would have been in a million years ever. I've turned that conversation into a television show. Into a Nothing as brilliant as w- the show that he, he came up oh, with. Oh, man. WMD, uh, Winnebago of Meth Distribution. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, there, yeah, you yeah, there you go. It's going to be on a T-shirt in a minute. I like it. You know? So I that was sort of the uh, – and somewhere I, I swear I, once Vince told me that he was going to turn this into an idea because I had, like, newspapers piling up, I pulled that article, and it's somewhere in my – many many boxes of crap that I have I have to find I remember it was like February like 2003 or so was when we oh my god it wasn't that long ago. I think it was seriously that's I when think all that it was. stuff was going on yeah and Holy also shit. you know you know it I mean well I've heard the February, story of March, how much it took how long it took from that script just to getting it to AMC which is a long story in oh, and yeah, itself you know so. maybe I'm off by you maybe it was 2004 but I think it was no, I want to say 2003 because the pilot was shot in 2007 so it was in development yeah. for how long well a couple years at least yeah yeah you're right by the time you time thought of it and wrote it and probably when you finished the script it was probably yeah Time flies. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> okay, so my, my next question, I asked you this the other day, and I didn't want you to answer it, yeah. but I wanted you to think about it. Because uh, I know that out there, probably um, there, are, there would be the question of, okay, 
last year yeah. when you wrapped your writer's room, and I believe it was May of 2011 or something like, right? 2011, May of okay. 2011, and you killed, you guys killed Gus, yeah. right? Oh, shit, spoilers. No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys killed Gus. Okay, at that point, did you guys say, okay, we're done, yes, we're having champagne, everybody, you know, go away, and or or did you actually start thinking about what was going to happen next? Oh, yeah, no, We even before we came up with killing Gus, I mean, we always... It, it's we, we, we're not super linear in the writer's room. Uh, Tom, help me out here. But it's like in the writer's room, you're always bouncing around from scene to scene, backward, forward. And we try not to make any major move without having at least an inkling of an idea how to how to how to move on from there. Right. We, you don't want to paint yourself completely into a corner without knowing what your escape hatch is to get out of that corner. So, yeah, I mean, it's the end of season four was not so much a corner. We did, as compared to other seasons, I don't feel like we were in a corner. Yeah, that's true. No, <laughs> End that, of season yeah. season four felt like a pretty definitive. If yeah. if AMC said sorry, guys, you're done. It yeah. felt like a pretty good ending of a series, although not the yeah. ending we have talked about wanting to get to. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, yeah, the, the, good point. The, in, a, in a sense, the end of season four is not the best example of that because what I was just saying because we weren't a hundred percent sure we were coming back because there was a little a little. Yeah, nothing that dramatic, but a little something going on. Uh, whereas, you know, as far as you know, uh, are we coming back? Or are we not? So, we were figuring, you know, if uh, just like Tom just said, if if we could, if if there was never another episode past uh, the last episode of season four, would would most folks be satisfied? And uh, I, I th- hopefully yes. I mean, it doesn't matter now. It's an academic uh, argument at this point. But I that that was the intention at the time. Yeah. That was one of the intentions. The and time. there's stuff that happens in season five that we definitely talked about in season four and almost put into the final episode. It was I, I can't talk about what it is specifically. <laughs> um, oh yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you guys yeah, did. Yeah. You guys did yeah. plan. You started planning. Well, I wouldn't say planning. I think yeah. <laughs> I think once we, once we ended. I don't know. I feel like we came back into the room in season five, just like a fresh slate. I mean, we had certain things that yeah. we had talked about. Okay. But it was uh, when we walked in on season first day of season five. Uh, it was we were just sort of starting new. Yeah, yeah. we just cleared our heads and just said, yeah. "Where's everybody's?" Yeah. As we always do, "Where's every every character's head at?" And yeah. figure out where they are and figured out where we wanted to start from. And I think we thought long and hard and talked long and hard about starting in the future. Not just the teaser, as you see in 501, right. but starting the whole episode Way like up. down the line wow. somewhere. And we had talked a lot about that and then ultimately decided there were certain things we wanted to tie up. And then the more we talked about that, we Sweet. got into the details of what yeah. the episode you see. Which yeah. I guess is going to bring me to my small next interim question, but I know it's on people's minds. I mean, I'm already reading stuff online on some of these boards where... Uh, people are, you know, just recently finding out that our 16-episode final season is being split into two sets of eight. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that and, the, you know, how that had to work, basically? Well, uh, it, it would make sense when you know you're doing 16 more episodes to, to do them all in one fell swoop. Uh, but we are not doing that because we never do anything the easy way uh, <laughs> on this show. Uh, and, and there's actually a very good reason for it and one that I am proud uh, I appreciate very much. Uh, proud is not the right. I, I appreciate the fact we're breaking them in two. Not so much for the viewers, but for the production. And I'll tell you why. We take a long time to break these stories. When I say break, I mean, you know, 
plot them out. The writers, uh, Tom and, and the other five writers and myself, we sit around in a big room and we plot them out and we take a whole lot of hours to break, as I say, these stories. And uh, it used to be on average we take uh, a little bit under two weeks or about two weeks to break them. And now this last season, these last, the first eight of the last 16 took probably about, I hate to say, about three weeks apiece because we want to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and make them as right as possible. Absolutely. And I think we also talked ahead a lot. We talked, we tried to talk yeah. episode 16 through, you know, one through 16 and figure out where things are. And then we, we would settle on some things. And then I think as we went along, things happened in upcoming episodes that threw everything into a little bit of chaos. <laughs> Again, I can't talk about specific plot points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's uh, true. Yeah. You know, so we had, we sort of said, we figured out, oh, you know, certain characters' heads will be here when we get to this point. And then something happens in a later episode that just throws that yeah. <laughs> so, all up in the air. So yeah. it's almost like starting over again. So because, and I guess it's this self-imposed pressure, like Tom was saying, and it's and it comes from a self-imposed pressure of we got 16 more of these and then we're out. And, uh, you know, you want them to be as good as possible and as satisfying as possible. So the process inadvertently seems to slow down. And all of this to say, in my long-winded way, uh, this breaking in half of the first eight and the second eight with a production hiatus in between uh, allowed us to get the first eight on the air starting in July of 2012, you know, a month from now as we record this. A little more than, no, not no, a month, two, two weeks, weeks two, two weeks. weeks. Jesus, that was a Freudian slip, I guess. Two <laughs> weeks from now. Uh, and then uh, and then now as we speak, as we sit here, uh, the writers, uh, Tom and the other writers have been uh, wrapped uh, temporarily on temporary hiatus uh, since for almost two weeks now, right. and uh, now you and I have been editing. We were today we're working on episode four. Right. So we so all this to say this hiatus, which makes us have to break these shows in half, eight and eight. You know, summer 2012, summer 2013, allows us the time to to break the episodes in the roughly three weeks uh, each that it now seems to take, and then also it allows you and me. Uh, or me and Skip to have our, our editors, uh, my right. final producers cut and uh, spend time in the mixes and the editing and all that and even the color time in which I like to go to and because uh, I'm just a control freak. <laughs> and uh, But but if, if we did them straight through, at a certain point I couldn't edit anymore because I'd be in the writer's room all the time and yeah. that, w- that would drive me crazy. And, and so this was actually, I have to, my hat's off to Sony and AMC for uh, allowing us this, this very uh, unconventional uh, uh, scheduling uh, that allows us to do this because because if we didn't you know I'd, it'd be it'd be tough. On you me. are actually the envy of a lot of producers in town too. Well, oh, that is true. Note. <laughs> that is true. I was on a panel, uh, a variety panel, a couple of weeks ago, and I was sitting on the panel with the two uh, gentlemen uh, who created uh, Person of Interest. They seemed like very nice guys, and uh, they were talking about how they came back uh, for their second season and they had from day one in the writer's room to the first day of shooting, or maybe, maybe to be fair, the first day of prep on the first episode. I wasn't sure which. They had three weeks. Oh, that's And nice. I heard that I, my blood ran cold. <laughs> and they, these guys, and these guys, we're not talking 13 like in cable. These guys do 24 yeah, do or 25 or something yeah, like, like that. that. And I was just like, I, how do you guys do it? I will tell you that I worked down the hall when I was doing, well, on our hiatus last year, I was doing uh, a show for Warner Brothers uh, and Showtime called Shameless. And I worked actually down the hall from those guys, and they were I would I was there very late all the time, and they were later than me. 
Mm-hmm. I would leave there like 11, 12 midnight. They were still cranking Ooh, down there. That's rough. <laughs> network, I got to tell you, network sometimes gets a bad rap. Uh, but I got to tell you, it's like the old joke with, uh, you know, Grace Kelly, not Grace Kelly, uh, Gin- Jesus, Ginger Rogers, the old Ginger Rogers saying she did everything uh, uh, Fred Astaire did except backwards and in high heels. I mean, just <laughs> do, having to do 24 episodes versus 13 or 10 it's makes it's just I couldn't and I used to do it except I wasn't the boss on the X Files I was just like the third third in command or, or fourth whatever fourth or whatever you have to divide and conquer to do that you yeah can't you have to divide and conquer person. you cannot yeah. do it that is true yeah. that is true you know I wanted to bring Diane in on this because there are also those questions out there in the ether about why is it that if they shoot the episodes why does it take so long for us to get back on the air because people are kind of looking at it they they um bless their hearts they don't but they don't really understand the all the work that goes into these things and so it's like they think oh well if you know because there's people up there that are saying oh production is done so why isn't it on the air or oh they're going to start production at such and such why can't it be on the air sooner you know and you know i you know that I think that they're they're wanting to blame us, but there's a lot of other things that are factors in this. You know, like this episode we're talking, we're getting ready to talk about 501 had a huge amount of visual effects, and it took a long time to get this oh, stuff man, yeah. to get this this yes. ready. I mean, yes. this was you know from I was talking to one of my friends is one of the assistant editors, and she was working on this, and she just she calls the show her boyfriend because she was constantly with it as far as visual effects. Um, shout out to Sheridan. Yeah, I think Sheridan and I were sharing the same boyfriend at yeah. this point of our lives. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to bring you in on because I know that you know you are saddled with you know the the job of getting our show from when Vince finishes that producer's cut, getting it on the air. But you're under deadlines to get these to get dates, you know, because AMC tells you when they want it, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. really, we, I mean, we basically kind of we. We kind of back it in from when we go on the air, and you figure out how much time you have, and then you figure out you figure out how long it's going to take you to do the things that you have to do to make the show be as good as it possibly can be. And, then, and you know, sh- we shoot these episodes in eight days, which is an incredible accomplishment in and of itself to shoot these incredibly cinematic scripts with, on film too. On film with enormous stunts and you know huge logistical. Problems that have to be solved. And, D- and Dean Norris, who's a pain. There's <laughs> <laughs> an extra day of shooting time. <laughs> but um, you know, there's you know, when when you get these scripts, you know, first off, you you love to read them because you love to be handed these beautiful scripts, and you just don't want to screw them up. But the first thing you do is read it as a fan, and the second thing you do is say, "How the hell are we going to move all that stuff with a magnet? How are we going to do that?" And then this whole team of people has to figure out how to make that happen. And it's a lot of stuff. And too. it's it's production, special effects, it, and visual effects, and many many different pieces of the puzzle that all kind of come together. But you know, we we shoot it in eight days, but many 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 things have to happen after that. You know, that take a lot of time. You know, from the editing to the you know visual effects to the color timing to the sound design i mean all of the sound in that evidence room i mean there's of course a lot of stuff that gets recorded in production but then we have an incredible team of guys you know nick forshegger and Catherine madsen who are our sound supervisors who do all of the editorial and the sound design for these shows and that takes you know a week to do that 
So once we get the picture locked, there's still much more thing, you know, many more steps that have to be completed. Right. And, and the music, and I mean, Dave Porter's incredible score. Yeah, and in they this also episode. have to realize everybody needs to realize that we're not only putting one show in the air. This is ongoing. We're doing one and two right now. I mean, we're, you and I were talking the other day that this is the fastest that we've ever put shows on the air. Yes, we, you know, last year we we started in in. Uh, we 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 premiered in July, but we started in January. Mm-hmm. This year, we didn't start till April. You know, this is hugely this is quick. And for us, this yeah, is very quick. This is yes. very very yeah, for a lot quick. of shows. Yeah, for a lot of shows, this is this is slow. We're, we're spoiled. <laughs> we we're very lucky to have the yeah. luxury of time that we do have because it, it does make the quality of the work better. If you you can't you can't do everything fast and expect it to be as good as what we do you know what we do takes time and attention to detail and that's why we need the time yeah so we should i guess talk about the episode but i did want i'm glad you guys talked about that because i did i want to get that out there i mean i'm not i'm not trying to angle for sympathy but i just want people to know the reality and the the, you know the situation it's not like we're babies over here and we're you know we're we're babies (laughs) (laughs) what what, what do you mean in regards to what the fact we're doing eight and eight or yeah exactly i mean you know this was well it's all on me i mean it's uh i you know there is a way to do 16 straight it's just uh and a lot and a lot of shows do it it. (laughs) there's a way to do 24 25 straight and a lot of very good network shows are doing it it's it's I'm the baby uh, and I and I don't give a shit to admit that I don't I'm fine to admit that it does does not uh, will not make me sleep less well tonight I'm spoiled the only way we're not spoiled in this show is that you know a few more shooting days per episode would be nice but in every other way we're I'm happy to say we're pretty spoiled in the lead time I wouldn't trade it for diamonds I wouldn't trade it for money I wouldn't trade it for time is more important than anything and and the lead time we have on this show makes all the difference and. It makes me look at network shows and think, I don't know how they do all the good stuff they do with, with so little lead time, and I will never go back to that. <laughs> I mean, I never say never, but it's like I can't imagine doing network again. And it has nothing to do with the quality of the shows or it, it, just as many smart, talented people working in network as in cable. But the difference between 13 episodes versus 24 is all the difference in the universe. Okay, so... 501, Live Free or Die. Right. Right? Live Free or Die. That's the title. Live of Free or Die, the uh, state motto of New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yes. Um, so, Tom, Vince, talk about it. Day one in the writer's room. Well, what is day two in the writer's room, okay? Uh, talk about uh, uh, the, this teaser who ba- we've basically jumped up in time, and we've also brought back our arms dealer, Jim, Jim Beaver. Yes, um. I love Jim Beaver. <laughs> and, you know, I finally met him. I was on the set the first day. The uh, day, uh, day Denny's. one, Denny's day one of season four started in a Denny's, and that was the scene where Walt and Jesse uh, uh, had their uh, right. had their uh, powwow after Gus killed Victor with the with the box cutter. That was the very last scene or second to last scene of, of first episode of season four and day one of the shoot at the Denny's. Same Denny's this year, almost a year later. Really, it's the same Denny's. S- same exact Denny's okay. and the first day of production, season five. Okay. And two years in running, two years in a row, I was there for the first day of shooting. And two two years in a row, they made me a, a free <laughs> moons over Miami sandwich. It was and free. It wasn't even your birthday. It was right? free. It only cost the production, I don't know, thirty or forty thousand dollars. <laughs> but it was it was free. But it, yeah, I don't know. Just to confirm, Denny's did not pay us to shoot there. We Yeah. Uh, yeah this is not product placement. We we just think the idea of Denny's as a meeting place is funny somehow. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. 
It's a good point. Uh, well, there was an article last year about Denny's uh, product placement at Denny's. No, no. We're the schmoes who went to Denny's <laughs> we're and the said, we'll pay you. you know? <laughs> but uh, they were very cool. And I had an excellent moon. I, I just want everyone to know, and breast easy, uh, that I had another excellent moons over my hammy sandwich. <laughs> First Sweet. day of production. Two years running. <laughs> And, so, uh, and, and Jim this, Beaver, I'd never met him, and so I met him. What a great guy. I love Jim Beaver. Such a fine actor. actor. Yeah. What a sweet gentleman. Very nice he, guy. Um, uh, I was going to mention that it, this had to be done basically on the first day because then you needed Brian to cut his hair and his, and his goatee off, right? Yes, and that was the reason that was, it was... Oh, well, I guess his goatee can still be there. Well, uh, his... He has, a, he has a full beard. He has a beard, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He has a beard. That, that Is that was, real? Uh, you know, I have lost track. I know that head of hair is really hair his. Was, yeah. And I know uh, if, coyly, I say, we revisit that scene. Yeah, you know we are, because we're not going to have a scene like that and never come back to it. So when we do... How cool would that be, though? We never go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. We never... Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to pander and, yeah. you know, give people, uh, you know, closure an answer or, to closure. You know, dot, or, dot the yeah. fucking eyes for them. <laughs> But when we go back, uh, we're going to have to have some kind of wig because that was his real hair. And then you got to match because the, the way the production will go. Anyway, long story short, uh, yeah, that was all, I believe, all his real hair because he was coming off of, you know, being the Unabomber, which he does in between seasons, <laughs> yeah, basically. You know, he lives in a cabin in the woods and sends letters to various, you know, government you know, functionaries. And so how did how did that come about though? When you guys, because I mean, you didn't like know what that was going to be at the end of season four when you guys wrapped out. So when you that came was back all to five, how that was that? all new. And again, it was again talking about jumping ahead in time. The whole the whole episode, like just starting later, just not jumping ahead way after Gus's death. And something was exciting about that. But then when we started getting back into the plot, we thought, well, we got to you know again finish off some things that we that we had started in season four but this idea of jumping ahead in time i think was just sticking around with us yeah and then at some point i don't even i can't remember specifically why we picked his 52nd it was a time it was almost his 53rd birthday we were going to jump even farther ahead because we still wanted to do a time jump but yet have another time jump and we even talked about shooting an alternate take where where he makes a 53 with his bacon instead of a 52 right but uh uh, we ran uh, high, too high on the bacon budget. We, <laughs> no, we, we thought about it. You don't want to. We say that a, I say that a lot. I tend to say, "Hey, let's get an alternate take." Where, but then you, the trouble is, you got to get the alternate take from like three different angles, and it just adds time to your day. Yeah. And these days are already overstuffed production-wise. Mm-hmm. It is. And now, ten, twelve, twenty minutes into this thing, it's, it's it's way too late at this point. But we need to. I will say it nonetheless. Michael Slovis, who directed this episode. Oh, yes, episode. Michael Slovis, my bad. I'm sorry. No, 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 not, no, no, not your bad. But uh, Michael Slovis did a hellaciously great job directing this episode, and he is our wonderful director mm-hmm. of photography, has been since um, season, season two, two season and two, yeah. uh, has directed wonderful episodes for us in the past and directed our season opener. First time he's directed a season opener, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Did a, I believe, right? Yes. He did a, yeah, did a wonderful, wonderful job with this one. Just crushed it. And, uh, yeah, it was fun watching him work that first day. That was the only day. I say that. It was the only day I was there, but it was fun. Did you take photos? I took tons of photos. Oh, Some of them photos. may wind up on the DVD. Yeah. We we had uh, a, a DVD uh, on the DVD uh, season three. We had a gallery of photos, behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't think we have it on the season four DVD because it's so chock full of so many other things. But uh, maybe we'll do that again, season five DVD. Oh. And we had done so many flashback teasers through the years that we, I think, again, doing something different, flash forward, just 
again, just stuck with everyone, and it yeah. made everybody excited about. And then we started talking about what what could it be. Yeah. <laughs> Once we got to the gun in the in the trunk, we were like, okay, that's, yeah. this is the, this is the teaser. <laughs> I yeah, love yeah. that line where you said, "I pulled something off the internet for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there any instructions? The instruction manual for the M60 machine gun. Yeah, that's Rambo's uh, machine, and not literally the one. He used in the movie, uh, but that is the same model, the old Vietnam really? era, the Vietnam era M60. Yeah, wow. and because we're, I think because we were flashing forward, Vince has just said so many times that the, the series is turning Mr. Chips into Scarface. Where we're like, well, what would Scarface use? Oh, there we go. We <laughs> this is bigger than the one Scarface. Yeah, used. <laughs> yeah. He just had so a go, uh, go bigger than Scarface. Yeah. Scarface 2.0. And now uh, he had the M16 with the grenade launcher. This is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think we talked about a grenade launcher. We did. Though. We talked about we talked about a lot of things. Mostly what we're going to have for launch. Yeah, that's, that takes up a good chunk of the yeah, morning. Yeah. So, so um, uh, you guys were telling me something right before we started this about the chickens that Mike was feeding in the little yard at, in Mexico. Oh yeah. Oh, I got to say, give a shout out to. Uh, there's a little line. Uh, we've. I hate to say we've lost. Uh, I've lost. We've lost track with our buddy Pat, Pat Trot, Trot a little NYU. bit from NYU, but we gave a little shout out. Uh, the waitress in the Denny's mentions having been to Swampscott, oh, okay. which is a little town in a uh, very nice little town in Massachusetts, uh, suburb of Boston, I believe, and uh, that's where he's from. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's uh, that's hence hence that. So the chickens, yeah, Mike is feeding the chickens when we go down to the uh, the, uh, the 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 hospital uh, facility compound down. Compound down. Yeah, well, I just it was just what was it? It was uh, it was a lo- inordinate a amount. Yeah, no, but I mean, as far as the chickens, it was an inordinate amount of discussion about. They kept coming back to me saying, "Can we put a little fence around the chickens?" I was like, "I don't want a fence. They're free range chickens. You know, it's, <laughs> we want free range in Breaking Bad." And they kept saying, "No, they're going to run away." And then I said, "Can't you put a little piece of fish line around their legs, you know, and stake them down?" And then it was like, "No, that's bad. The ASPCA will get involved. PETA will be, you know, whatever." And so they didn't do that. But so they're all digital chickens. You're seeing. Yes. They're all created from. I think we started with audio <laughs> animatronics. No, they're, no, they're, they're real chickens. Four to six puppeteers for each one. <laughs> green screen guys in green leotards running around with dots glued mm-hmm. to their faces, playing chickens. No, no, bet they, you can't tell. You bet you can't tell. So seamless. Anyway, the chickens didn't run away, and I was proven correct. <laughs> All you gotta uh, do is feed them. So yeah, you gotta feed. There's you chickens feed are stupid. They'll, they'll hang around forever. Keep That's giving them food. Don't say that. <laughs> chickens so Mike, are not stupid. Mike, uh, Mike uh, gets in the car, and then you have that great sequence where he's driving one way, the guys are driving the other way, yeah. and looks like they're gonna hit. I thought it was great too. I just saw the episode a couple of days ago. Cool. And uh, and I thought it was great, but do you want to talk about that whole sequence, Vince? As uh, far as, well, okay, here's my question. Yeah. I, I asked the question a couple of minutes ago before we started this thing. I said, uh, was there some kind of phone call or something for them to rendezvous at that point in the desert? Oh, yeah. No, we got the note from the executives, too. They said, how does it that he just happens to meet them on the road here? <laughs> and I, I don't know, it never of, bumped me. I don't it was just a question me. of timing. I mean, uh, Jesse and Walt could have gotten to the hospital before Mike left, or Mike could have, yeah, he could have passed them later on down the road and missed each other, but it just, that would have been an extra shoe leather. I mean, they were going to meet each other one way or the other, so we just figured the timing of it would be interesting if Mike got the news about Gus a few minutes, you know, 10, 15 minutes before Walt and Jesse got to the hospital. So they're basically on a road. Jesse knows where Mike was because he he was there when they... 
ba- treated him. And- yeah. Basically, if you haven't been to Mexico, there is essentially only one boat road <laughs> through the middle of the country. Yeah. And it goes all the way to Tierra del Fuego. So it's just, no. It, um, that, and it never bothered a, me. Yeah. I mean, Mike was coming to just bust a cap in Walt's ass. He would have caught up with him eventually. They would have come upon each other eventually. It, it To me, it's it's... If it's a coincidence, it's it's not that big a one, and it, it's not a. I, I always say I always say this in a writers' room too. Coincidences are fine in drama. It seems to me as long as they are not particularly helpful to the uh, to the to the protagonist, to the character you're writing about. If if it's a bad coincidence, the cops happen to show up just as you're you know climbing down out of the upstairs window, having robbed the joint. And they just coincidentally drive by, you know. That's that's a good coincidence. <laughs> a bad coincidence is is one that benefits the the, the protagonist. I, we've only had one of those that I can think of. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was in the pilot. Walt's about to blow his brains out, uh, and oh. and it's coincidentally <laughs> or right then it turns out it's not the cops coming; it's the fire truck. But uh, you know, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that one never bumped me, but apparently, you know, who knows? Maybe it bumps the folks out there listening, so, or some of them. So. Well, I think it's a good explanation, though. I mean, you know, I'm glad that I heard the explanation. Yeah. I am personally. So. Um, but but I also want to talk about the fact that you know they 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 it looks like they almost hit. They actually pass each other, and then you know uh, Mike gets out of his car, raring, and and Jesse does this action hero <laughs> stunt across the yeah. hood of the car. Yeah, Bo Dukes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't cut this episode, so I don't know. Did he do it right the first oh, time? Yeah. Or, Apparently. Okay. I mean, I wasn't there for, again, I I'm, I always am a, sad that I'm not there for 99% of the shooting. But, yeah, apparently he just, he, he's a very, uh, a very lithe and supple young man <laughs> <laughs> with good cheekbones. Yes. Mm, delicious. Okay, uh, so um, uh, I guess I guess we could jump to, like, the, the whole idea of the magnet um, you know, I've I've always joked, total joke, but uh, you know, I've always joked that you know if you want to, if you want a problem in the editing room or something like that, you can always bring a big magnet in. <laughs> we'll wipe everything clean. Oh yeah. So um, nowadays, you know, now that it's all post film. Exactly. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, you have to. I mean, apparently you have to have a really strong magnet. But obviously, you guys built one. So what was? I think the, we got to get the MythBusters on this and see if this actually will work. Hey, in all seriousness, if any of the MythBusters are ever listening to any of this stuff, I, I think they got better things to do with their time. But no. if they happen to be, I think the coolest thing ever would be a crossover episode before we're all said and done, uh, where the MythBusters either either bust or confirm some of this crazy stuff we do on the show, <laughs> like 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 the magnet. That'd thing. be a good one. Yeah. Or or the or the uh, hydrofluoric acid through the bathtub. That'd mm-hmm. be a good one. Yeah. Or. Uh, we got a bunch of them. Could anyway. you crash two planes in the air accidentally by ignoring the radar? You could do that. Yeah. Yeah. They got exactly. a budget. They could do that. Exactly. Yes, but would the bear fall in the pool? Yes. And lose yeah. an eye? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, These seriously, though. So we, so you guys get this magnet. So what kind of research did you guys do as far as, like, but I'm and I'm talking about the thing where Walt says, you know, arrange the batteries, what, in parallel or a lot? Well, series that really, and you know? in parallel. Exactly. You know, it's funny. We've got a we got a uh, AMC executive, a uh, young guy, a uh, very sweet young guy named Brian Bockrath, who looks mm-hmm. like he's all of 14 years old. I've met he's, him. He's Hi really Brian. 18. It's, he's it's, a big podcast listener, too. I've yes, met him he's once. a sweet guy. And he's very smart. And he, uh, Brian, uh, 
was very helpful to us uh, because uh, he used to be an electrical engineer, mm. I think at a forklift factory or something like that. So he had all kinds of uh, uh, calculations for us about how many batteries. And, and yeah, I so see a wireman. So if it's wrong, you write your letters to him. Yeah, write your letters to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to screw this up. But it's in series, you increase the volt. You wire in series, you increase the voltage. So you have 12 volt car batteries, and you wire together, I think he says 21 of them, and you need 250 volts. I think this is all DC. You need 250 volts to operate this magnet, and you wire together 21 of them, and 21 times 12 is 252. So that's that's upping your voltage. <laughs> Exactly. Ah, oh, man. All right. <laughs> Vince told me yesterday that when we were editing, he likes to do math in his head. It keeps him in practice. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So, and then uh, wiring in parallel ups your amperage. So that means you don't, the voltage doesn't go up, but you get more power. Power, yeah. You get, you get a longer zap of the magnet, I guess. Oh. Anyway, whatever the hell. It is kind of boring. But anyway, <laughs> admittedly. But, uh, no, it was fun coming up with that. And, uh, and then, of course, we got old Joe back. We old got Joe. Uh, Larry yeah, Hankin Joe. back. Uh, who plays old Joe, who's junkyard that is. He's, He's great. So funny. Never met him either. I never really? met anybody. Uh. <laughs> okay, so whose idea, though? I mean, well, you don't have to tell me whose idea, but, I mean, you guys are, like, talking about this in the writer's room, and, and then you guys say, okay, we're going to pull them the... Uh, we're gonna pull the truck up, and then it's gonna it's gonna go it's gonna tilt over from yeah. the force. Well, nothing ever goes perfectly right on this show. None of these capers. <laughs> you got to end the caper with something going wrong. So we had the idea of you know it was a, it was an accident. It was a, it was it was a problem born of, of of the plan working a bit too well. So the 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 and now this is a great time for Diane to talk about what went into because Michael Slovis and the crew did an absolutely amazing job shooting all this but talk about the in the special effects department uh, the there's two ver there's special effects is the physical stuff on the set the real right. world stuff uh like blowing a door off its hinges or whatnot and then there's the visual effects which are done in post with a computer with various computer hardware but so <clears throat> the special effects department did this amazing gag where hydraulics in in the real world made this truck go boom sideways into the wall into a fake wall uh, at yes. a real location, yes. and then, uh, but and it then, yeah. yeah, ultimately the, the the we had planned for some kind of removal of this rig, but it was, you know, since this is a real world problem that has to get solved in a very short amount of time, we saw the rig on the day of the shoot, and it was much bigger than we thought really? it was going to be. So basically, when you see those three shots where the truck is tipped over, um, the entire bottom of the frame is computer generated <laughs> how do they do that wow. see that's like magic to me so in other words the cops the thing goes boom into the wall and then you cut to another scene and then and then later, a few seconds later the cops come running out all real albuquerque cops by the way really real nice bunch of folks wow. and all real police and and a real police priest i gotta i'm, I'm getting off on a side that is the honest to god in, in the story it's the northwest area command of the albuquerque police department in the story that's the one they're ripping off, mm -hmm. or, or not ripping off, but, you know, doing their gag, their caper. In real life, that is the Northwest Area Command of the Albuquerque Police Department. That is the honest-to-God real place. I can't believe they let you use that. I can't either. In, in season one, they probably wouldn't have. In season but one, now they would have shot us. Yeah, yeah. 
Now they, now they love you. I think somebody at the, at the police department will get fired over this. I think somebody no, made a mistake. No, no, no. <laughs> it was, uh, they could not have been nicer, and uh, and uh, hopefully we were very good guests. I know we were because our crew is great. And they just were very good folks. And it should be said that don't don't bother going and trying this yourself because that is not in real life where they keep all the evidence. They, <laughs> they keep the evidence elsewhere in Albuquerque, uh, and and I don't think this would work regardless. But uh, but they were just the coolest. The APD was the coolest. Yeah. But and it's only the outside. The evidence room was built. That was a yes. different place. So yes, it's yeah. definitely not at the Northwest. Yeah, Arizona. we you never set foot in a real place. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this too, because I I've only seen the episode once, and I really was just. Um, to watch it to enjoy it it wasn't to like analyze but I remember reading the script and I was talking to my assistant Mel about it and I said you know it's one thing to write that a big magnet comes and everything sticks to the wall that's a really hard I mean everybody can imagine it in their head but the practicality of actually doing that on a big scale is a big job. I mean, it's a big yeah. job for, well, it, it, for it, special effects on yeah. the set, and it's a big job for visual it, it effects. It says a lot, too, that we had, um, I mean, we had the good fortune to have this script probably about a month ahead of time. I want to say a little more than that. A little yeah. more than a yeah, month. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely at least a month. Yeah, yeah. And, and That's a lot. We, which Absolutely. is a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and we needed every minute of it because the evidence room was kind of the last stuff we shot. You know, it was very at the towards the end of the schedule that we shot all that stuff. I mean, it wasn't necessarily for that reason. I know that the super lab and all these other things that we had to do. But, but um, it took, you know, the fact that it took them that long to figure out how to do this truck thing. And to still be working on it on the day, you know, I mean, that's yeah. how it is. And, 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 and how to pull all of those bags off of the shelves and the bins and, and make all that stuff happen and stick them to the wall on and all of that on camera. Exactly. So it just takes, you know, every one of these is you read it and it's, how are we going to do that? I don't know. Let's start testing. Yeah. And then that's what you do for weeks, you know. <laughs> I wish it wasn't me sitting here explaining. I wish it was our special effects guy, Werner, or Michael. I wish Michael were yeah, here to Michael's talk about so it because he was there and I wasn't. But but Michael is in back in New Jersey enjoying being Michael Slovis. Michael Slovis. So in, in case everybody's wondering why, don't, why we don't get all these folks on our podcast, it's because they are scattered about the country. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, the Interesting the way that was done, and I never I, I got off on a tangent, but yeah. So the cops come running out, and there's that truck on its side, <laughs> and this huge hydraulic arms and and gear and and hoses and stuff underneath that thing, and Bill Pulowski, who's our visual effects yeah, visual guy, fan, here, yeah, and his town. his his crew. How do they do that? I mean, they erase all that stuff, and they but they but you can't simply erase it. You got to build the world behind it. Yes. And it's got to look real. Yeah, and yeah. so basically they ta- they have to match to the footage we have and, yeah. and, and create a digital version of what's there. And then they rotoscope, which is so you know, basically ro- cutting out. Yeah. Rotoscoping is frame by frame cutting around, you know, the legs of those cops when they're running. Yeah. Because you know, they run in front of this rig. Jesus. And so that all has to be um, put back in. You know, they can they can... They can take out what's behind it, but they can't separate it from what's in front of it. Yeah. So everything that's in front of it has to be cut out so it can be put back on top. Mm. So that's, you know, that's and, it's a multi-step And process. the legs, for instance, uh, the guys running past are not razor sharp. They're out of focus. They're a little bit yeah, soft. Yeah, there's a lot so of motion blur. And, and that was a Steadicam shot yeah. with Andy Vogley, our yeah. amazing A-camera Steadicam guy, running behind them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you have camera movement. You have actor movement. You have 
uh, motion blur. You have all these various and this things is why that it takes are a while huge problems. So yeah, I mean, I think that air. shot took <laughs> that that big that big Steadicam shot, the long Steadicam shot. I think probably took two or three weeks. That was one of the first shots we turned over, and one of the last shots we got back. We live in amazing times. And how this many? How many does? It, can I ask how many versions you had to go through to get that? Because um, it's not usually the first one. Well, is it? That one was. That one was. That one, yeah, that was, was one first. One because yeah. because uh, I, Diane showed it to me, uh, and I just I just my jaw dropped. I watched it on one of these big HD flat screens we got now. Right. Thankfully, now we're in HD Yay, land. Yay, we're HD yeah. in the editing room. And, and watching watching uh, watching this thing over and over again, frame by frame. I just it's I define. You can't. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean. I would. I'll tell. I'll tell you all. There were there are fifty three visual effects shots. In this episode, and that's uh, a lot. have fun for, for trying television. to find them. That's a lot for, that's a lot for a, some movies. It's, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's that a is lot. a lot. That's more than more than double, way more than double what we normally do mm. on 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 a, one of our shows. But the beauty so. of it is, you know, you can't, you don't notice them because that's the beauty of it. That's well, the that's, point of it. You, you know, don't I notice wanna, them. I want to I want to mention that right because I I've heard a lot of I mean I read a lot of stuff on online and stuff like that and people fight over you know oh this was not a visual effect this was real this was not i've looked at it frame by frame by frame by frame and there is no cut in there and you know we pay a lot of money for our visual effects you will not find you won't see it i mean one of the one of the things i read it was back when we did the fly episode where walt you know falls off the the catwalk there and and then he's on the ground and people have like said i've gone through it frame by frame and i don't see a cut well yeah there is a cut but we pay a lot of money for that visual effect, so you don't see it. Yeah. But I will guarantee you that Walt did not jump no, off, he of did not jump off that catwalk. He was, is on the ground. Yeah, that was Lawrence, I believe, one of our excellent stuntmen who made that. And it looked as painful as it, <laughs> it looked painful. I think yeah. he probably knocked the wind out of himself yeah. doing it at least. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but yeah, it is done. it is seamless because we pay a lot of money for it to be seamless. That's the whole point. But yeah. it is a visual effect. The other one that comes up all the time is is the pizza on the roof. People swear up and down that that, that he did not throw the pizza on the roof. <laughs> Guess what? You're and wrong. It was, it was, he did. Yeah, he did. And he did it in the first one yep. too. In fact, he couldn't do it again. He never exactly. do it again. Never it was did like it again. Only yeah. not a, that one yeah. time. Nothing visual yeah. effects <laughs> at all. No nope. visual effects at all about that shot. But you know what? It's funny because this goes back to remember I was telling I was telling you Vince the other day in the editing room. You know, I was saying you know I know you've gone um, you, you've been asked this question many many times because I've even read it in many publications. Do you know you know from the get go? Did you know from the get go what was going to happen in the end? Do you know? And you've said no, no, no. You know I don't have everything planned out. And and I told you the other day, I said, you know, I was discussing this with a friend of mine. And my friend says, you know what, he can say that all he wants, but people don't believe him. Don't because you guys come up with such amazing things. I mean, you surprised. Diane and I have had this conversation. We, we don't even try and second guess what you guys are going to come up with because it's, you know, you guys come up with something that's way beyond, you know. The only thing I know for sure in the last day is that uh, uh, all the writers and I are going to take off our socks and put bars of soap in them and beat Tom mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I know for sure about the end. It's on record, Tom. Yeah, all right, <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it. Bring it. I'll cry like a baby, but I know. Bring it. Bring it. People be surprised. Well, to be fair at this point, now that we've been doing working on these last 16 for, for many months now, we do have some big tentpole. 
hate using that word actually a big <laughs> signpost moment whatever the hell you want to call it signpost it's, moment we got some big it's moments it's really good we got it's some really big good. moments uh well we certainly know what the first eight are because they're they're done now it's but really good. i mean they're shot now but uh the last eight we've got some big tent pole or signpost moments but there's the, we got uh, a lot the, we don't know yet there's so. the marie is a man episode like yeah. One of our women has to end up bald because everybody on this show is bald. I know so this, somebody this goddamn show has turned into. I don't know somehow has turned well, into THX 1138 here. <laughs> everybody on this damn show is bald. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I want to ask before I forget to ask about this. Um, uh, as far as the super lab, the burnt up super lab. Can you talk a little bit about the you know? The oh, super let's lab? talk about that. That's good because uh, uh, the wonderful Mark Freeborn, our production designer, designed. A super lab set. And people, you see, they see the super lab and they say, "Okay." They just they went back in the super lab. They turned the lights back on at the start of season five, and you know all these sets are there. The the set for the super lab had been completely. I hate to say it, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. It it, it stopped. It ceased its existence at the end of uh, season four. It got taken down and and recycled. So at the top of season five. We wanted to see one last. We wanted one last glimpse of it. We just knew it wouldn't be right to never see it again. And they put up a three-walled set uh, that uh, looked very much like the original, but really was in no way, shape, or form Trashed. the original. And they did an amazing job. And That's they painted incredible. it beautifully. The paint, yeah. the paint uh, and plastering department uh, did an amazing job and filled it with dripping water and smoke and. And that that uh, that ceiling shot. That's something Diane can talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We the one uh, the one angle of the ceiling. Obviously, they couldn't build that, so that is a visual effect. Visual effect. Yeah, okay. So. This is Hank's moment where he is um, proven right. He's proven right. This is his holy grail moment. This is his uh, yeah. And I want to give a shout out too to Marshall Adams because when our DP Michael Slovis is directing, he uh. can't be operating as the director of photography so we needed to bring in uh, someone to shoot that this episode and it was a gentleman named Marshall Adams very talented guy it is such a collaboration among many many talented people so um two things uh first thing is uh when I read the script um I remember you know it's re- just to tell everybody it's really fun reading these scripts because there's a lot of things that you guys will write in the stage direction that you know it's they're funny sometimes there'll be little jokes or tongue-in-cheek remarks and it's quite fun but one of the things that I loved was um uh you talking about how Mike was going to block out the cameras with that spray and in the script it said it was wasp spray and then I believe also in the little screen direction it said something like well this is because wasps nests are very high and this spray is Intended to have a long trajectory or something, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Jen Carroll, our, our uh, writer's assistant, who's a very sweet uh, young lady and just cute as a button and very smart, uh, did some research for us. We wanted to make the feel of this caper as real as possible, and she found out that, uh, yes, indeed, in real life, uh, I don't want to give anybody any ideas here, but <laughs> criminals often use wasp spray just, you know, right out of the can. 
to uh, to you know to to gunk up the uh, the, the lens on uh, security cameras. We've already taught a whole generation of kids how to cook meth. Yeah. It. So wasp spray. Yeah. So and, why and, just pile that on? The, the mylar balloons, like that was new to <laughs> me. Got to teach them about bath salts next. That's the way. They <laughs> but the wasp spray, it shoots out in a very thin stream and it goes 15 or 20 feet. Because guess what? You don't want to get stung by a bunch of wasps. So uh, so I guess it works good to gunk up cameras too. So Jen Jen uh, found that on the internet for us. That's and, cool. Uh, and uh, we put it in there. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing, not not last and certainly not least, but um, uh, Dave Porter's music. Oh, I really yeah. thought Dave did such a great job. It was really, really an amazing score. Yeah. You know, we're we're so minimal with music most of the time. Yeah. But, but this one was really, really. Yeah. That, he he pulled fun. off something so difficult in that in that caper because it had to go through like you know three very distinct stages. You know, mm. there's the, the there's the first getting into the place and then had to pick up and get through the magnet thing and then they and then they had to get away right. but it, you know it had to be you know it had to not step on the comedy of the moment yeah. i mean it was very hard. so it was such a hard spot and 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 his music just made that whole thing uh, it was great without music and it was a thousand times greater with the music and, yeah. music and last but certainly not least i do want to talk about the fact that we are under uh, an unprecedented amount of security this year I mean, can can we talk a little bit about the fact that? Yeah, we why are, was I frisked when I walked yeah, in here? Yeah, exactly, and fingerprinted and blood <laughs> tattooed. Trevor was touching me um, all over. We <laughs> we are under a lot of security. I mean, we are not letting out you know screeners. Um, the only way that I could actually watch the episode without like a big watermark in the middle of it was to watch it in here, and then it went right back into a safe. You know, so yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's great. People are enthusiastic about the show. Uh, their their enthusiasm grows with every season, and. Certainly, the number of people enthusiastic about the show has grown. Knock on wood, with every season, knock on wood will continue to, and it's just been wonderful. But the the possible downside of that is sometimes leaks happen, and mm-hmm. and uh, so you you have to take uh, further uh, safeguards. Toward. I mean, you even you, Vince, you're the only one that actually gets episodes to take home, right? Mm-hmm. And and even yours have a big, huge watermark in the middle of them. I when sell you them watch on eBay. Them. <laughs> Make a little extra dough. <laughs> All right, well. But, uh, um, I wish we didn't talk about the actors any. How yeah. good are they, though? Ted Beneke coming uh, Ted, back. You got oh, to oh, talk, yeah, about, talk man, about Ted Beneke. looks so bad. Yeah, that's oh, the way he normally Jesus. looks. And then we, we make him yeah, look good. him up for the we other. Gussy him up, you know. I remember asking you, did you guys have to shave his head for that? But no. No, no, he, no. I think he was up for God, it. He looks bad. But except that he couldn't, Chris couldn't get his head shaved whether he wanted to or not and i wouldn't have if i were he with that fine head of hair he's got but <laughs> he uh they put this excellent uh bald head skinhead wig on him and then and then just made him look like shit yeah I mean, he looks like and you oh. hold him back too it's like you have the horror on her face yeah for a long time yeah, yeah. and i'm like man he must look bad because they're holding this back and yeah. then i saw him like oh man he looks bad and then uh, mark hansen and the prop department found that halo brace oh, and yeah, he just looked looked like hell didn't he <laughs> and he was excellent uh he just played it great yeah, too really because it's not just how he looks it's you know it's amazing what an actor even without makeup can bring to it's funny people someone's saying to me today i was been doing an interview and someone said how it's amazing how brian you know playing walt how walt was this doughy uh white bread little doofus and not a doofus a smart guy but just like a like a little nudnik you know back in uh, the pilot and now he's 
scary. Mm-hmm. And then the end of this episode, the last scene that's with Saul. So is, that scene well, was, I was, yeah. I was talking the about the Skyler scene. Both, both scenes, yeah. 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 With Saul when he says, uh, we're done, when I say we're done. Yeah. And, then, and then with Skyler, I forgive I you. I forgive you. Oh, he my is, God. He, is, he makes yeah. your skin crawl exactly. with Skyler, and he's scary with Saul. And this is the same guy who uh, 47 episodes ago, this is, was our 47th episode, Wow. Uh, 46 episodes ago, back to the pilot, however you do the math, but was, was like this, he was this somewhat laughable, ineffectual, <laughs> milk toastish, you know. Uh, uh, High school teacher. <laughs> yeah, just this, uh, you know, uh, guy. And, and it's the same, we haven't changed the makeup. We have, you know, we've changed his hairstyle, obviously, but we, this is this is what the act. This is what an actor brings to it. Yeah. This is truly uh, uh, just a case study, uh, just a, a you know a master class in, in you know obviously story wise the character has progressed and, and transformed himself out of sheer force of will, and the actor has has more than risen to the occasion. And uh, Brian has just he's just scary. He's just you, you see him at the end of the scene with Saul, and at the end of this episode with Saul, and you see him at the end of the episode with Skyler, and it just. He either just scares you. You cross the street to avoid this guy now mm-hmm. when he when he's got his Heisenberg face on. And yet, if you met Brian in, in person, yeah. he yeah. is, he I is say just that. the yeah. most different that you could imagine. Yeah, from, from I say that yeah. every yeah. year. Yeah. Every year when right. I see him, you know, when you when can't he, believe it's the same person. Yeah, it's You're like right. I, I tell him, I'm like, I look at you every day. I work with you every day, and you, it's like when. You know, Brian is so different from Walt. It's just like they don't even look like the same person. In real life, he looks suspicious of like Emmanuel Lewis. It just puts it on. I don't Webster. know. The dwarfism that we correct with the uh, digital effects. <laughs> right. Diane's team is just incredible. That's where all those effects. That's where all the money goes. Those 54 goes. effects you're looking for, it's all in his height. It's all there. <laughs> but he's, he's just fantastic. He is, uh, he's just, and I was telling this guy in this interview, it, it was he doesn't. He's not one of these methody guys who 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 stalks around the edge of the stage, slapping himself on the forehead before one of these scenes and muttering to himself. He's. Uh, I've watched him on the set many times. He's talking to one of the camera assistants. Hey, you know, did you see the ball game last night? Blah blah blah. And rolling, and it just boom. Yep. He just turns it on. Just I don't know how he does it. It's yeah. that that is that's not just talent. That is the skill and wisdom that comes from having done it for many decades. I mean, he's, he's the real deal as is, as are all of our other actors. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we should wrap it up. This has been a a long one, but I feel like we're forgetting. I feel like we're forgetting some stuff. We'll catch it next week. Oh, but I do have one other thing to ask you. So we're premiering at Comic-Con. Yes. How was that? As we record this. How was that? (laughs) Now, I know. Yeah, right. Trouble is for people who are listening to this, it's already happened. But, uh, yeah, just uh, nerd heaven. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be something. It's going to be. Vince Vince dressed as Luke Skywalker. No, and me dressed as a slave Leia. (laughs) Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, uh, it's going to be, I've never been. It's going to be, the closest I've been, I think, we, we had a. X Files convention back in down in Tustin in an old dirigible hangar back in the that, yeah. late '90s, and it was uh, it was mind blowing. Uh, and I imagine this will be similar to that, except uh, not Bigger. just X file fans, but every kind of. I I am very honored that we are there. Uh, I don't quite know why. This is gonna be it's gonna be fun. So we'll ask you about that on the 502 podcast. 
Unless we do that one before. <laughs> I think we better start. Be doing I, think, I think we better be banking these things. Yeah, otherwise, exactly. otherwise we're, we're going to miss a few. So anyway, yeah, so uh, uh, thank you everybody for uh, this was fun. Yeah, this was this fun was, as always. It's yeah. always fun. It's thank like you, riding Diane. a bicycle. Thank you. thank you, Vince. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Appreciate thank you guys you. being here. Uh, missed Skip. We'll catch him on the flip side. We'll catch him on the flip side. And uh, all right, so I hope he comes back with an Italian accent. Yes, uh, like Madonna. Oh. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, we will uh, reconvene on five hundred two, which is oh labeled uh, the title is Madrigal. Madrigal. Madrigal, directed by Michelle McLaren and written by written by me, Vince Gilligan. Written by okay, me. Okay, cool. This was written by you too, right? Yes. This uh, one. Okay. And uh, Madrigal. directed by Mike. Mike. So give him a little spoiler. No. I mean a little teeny one. No. no. You're going to hear a lot of German. No. <laughs> that's that's not terrible. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Let's go break bad. Hey.